I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic podcast, episode number four. I have the pleasure of introducing you to Tammy D'Onofrio, the owner and founder of Fit Chick Granola right here in San Diego, California. I would like to give you a little bit of Tammy's background before we get started. She is a mom of two kids, healthy chef, recipe blogger, fitness expert, and creator of the massively popular superfood Fit Chick Granola. Tammy was not destined for greatness. She was raised in a small Indiana town, essentially on her own by the age of 16. Often feeling like an outcast, she spent lots of time alone, dreaming of another life. She earned her way to Purdue University, graduated and found her way to California. Being outdoors and being active was always her escape growing up. So when she arrived in California, she wanted to start her own personal training business. However, this dream was largely put on hold so she could raise her children. Fast forward to 2010, Tammy was suddenly a single mom with a two-year-old and a five-year-old. She needed to figure out a way to support and raise her children. She started offering group workouts and personal training to the moms in her community. She counseled them on nutrition and would bring snacks to the workout sessions. The granola she made was a huge hit. This is when her brand took off. A little background on how I met Tammy. We have a mutual friend and remember meeting her at birthday parties and other gatherings in San Diego. I remember seeing her cute Fit Chick license plate around town, tasting her granola out of a little Ziploc bag when she first started making it in her kitchen. Then all of a sudden, I would see her beautiful bags of granola on the shelves of a few of our local grocery stores here in San Diego. So having her on this podcast, Uncover Your Magic, only made sense to me because I want to dig deep and explore her amazing journey on how she got her homemade granola from Ziploc bags to store shelves, and now it's in actually over 50 retailers. I am so excited to uncover Tammy's magic. Welcome, Tammy. I am so grateful to have you here today. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Oh, so welcome. So grateful. I just thought we would maybe start from the beginning and uncover your magic as we go and see how our little journey goes on this fun conversation. Would okay. you like to start with your childhood and how you kind of grew up a little bit of your background? Okay, let's see. I grew up in this idyllic little town, Indiana, called Zionsville, Indiana. It was probably one of the best places to grow up, actually. But my life was kind of a dichotomy. I didn't have a really like safe, happy home life, you know? So, you know, my parents were really, really young, you know, when they had me, they, 
My mom had gotten pregnant with me actually when she was 21 years old. And so she and my father got married and he already had three boys of his own. And so he's 25, she's 21 and they're kind of thrown into this giant family. And so all the stuff that comes along with that, you know, my father was a police officer. We didn't have a lot of money. You know, they were really young. I was really close with my brother who was closest with me. I have a brother who's 18 months older than me and he was kind of like my Irish twin sort of, you know, so we would like hang out together. We were really good friends growing up and we would go outside, you know, it was different growing up in Indiana. You just walk out the front door and you go into the woods and nobody sees you till dinner time or whatever. And so we would just explore and all that. And then, you know, I had a brother, Brian, who was like, who's to this day, or we're still really close. I would follow him around and his friends and I just want to hang out with them and be around them all the time. And then you know, there was some really, it was really tumultuous though in our house. Like my parents were fighting all the time, you know, it was really, really stressful, I think, environment for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had an oldest brother who had ultimately been my caregiver and had sexually molested me at a very young age. And that was extremely traumatic. I didn't realize it at the time, you know, How and old then, you? Uh, probably between the ages of six and oh, wow. 11, maybe. Mm. and you know, my parents ultimately got divorced when I was 11. And so that was kind of a relief for me. Whereas, okay, well now I'm going to be safe, you know, I think, so I'm going to be safe. And so, but then I, my two other brothers that I was close with, I really missed them. And that was kind of screwed up our family. And then, you know, my mom ended up marrying this (laughs) crazy guy and we moved into like what I would describe as a double wide. We didn't have a lot of food. We didn't have heat at times. It was really, really, really awful environment. And there was one moment finally, like when I was about 13, I was like, mom, get out of here. You know, let's like get this guy out of our life, move on. And so I think in that moment I was like, okay, I actually have a voice, you know? So we ultimately moved in with my grandmother. And once we moved in with my grandmother, you know, my life kind of became more stable. What was her, her career? What was her thing? What was her place in this life? Well, she was an independent businesswoman. You know, she had been divorced in the 1950s when that was really unheard of. She was a single mom and she started her own real estate firm. Hmm. She bought and sold real estate. She ultimately became extremely successful, was very independent. She was stable. You know, I lived with her a lot growing up. You know, my mom ended up getting married, remarried again to another guy. And so I was living with my grandmother on my own. And then my grandmother was like, oh, I'm going to live in Florida for part of the year. So I was kind of on my own. So between like junior, senior year in high school, I was pretty much on my own, which thankfully I had some sort of like moral compass inside me that kept me, you know, I don't know, on the straight and narrow because I never really got in trouble, you know? Oh, wow. You know, I mean little things here and there, but, you know, and ultimately, you know, got myself into college and that's kind of where, you know, my adulthood sort of starts there. So. But with your grandmother, what was her? Cause I feel like she was kind of someone that you looked up to for like security and you had some, a safe place with her. Yeah. My grandmother was actually the best. She was I mean, she's largely the reason why I'm probably not like living in a trailer park in Indiana, you know, with like a couple of baby daddies or whatever. You know? <laughs> I, just, I, I saw her, how she lived her life. And it was so dramatically different than how other women were living their lives. You know, she was single. She lived on her own. She had her own home. She had her own money. She did whatever she wanted to do. And she was defying all the social norms. Like, I don't care. This is what I want to do. 
I definitely felt safe. I felt motivated by her. She was hard on me. You know, she was like, you, you know, she kept me going, you know, in a way that, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have my parents to push me on things. Or give you structure. Like, yeah. And you know what? This isn't a bash on my parents. I love my parents dearly. I just think that they were overwhelmed and they just, they were not equipped, you know? And so- right. You know, ultimately, thankfully, I had my grandmother and she supported me in every way, you know, until she, you know, she died when I was pregnant with my daughter in 2007. Hmm. Okay, so you graduate from Purdue. Mm -hmm. You get to go to college. Yay. I don't know how I got into college, but I did. So that's amazing. First of all, I had a really fun time in college, but ultimately, you know, I met up with this girl who in college became like my family, you know, like I was so alone. I didn't have anybody, you know, I moved, I go to college and she's like there, she's like my best friend in college. Like essentially like her dad, he probably, he doesn't know this, but he was like supporting me too. You know, Mm. I mean, I didn't have any money. I was just like scraping by, you know, I cleaned houses in college. I, I mean, I did everything I could just to afford to just stay there, you know? And yeah, yeah, I ultimately graduated, thankfully. I don't know how I did it, but I did, so. In four years and it got a degree? It was more like five. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I graduated with a bachelor in science degree, yes. And I moved back to Indianapolis and, you know, started working as a, a sales rep. I did software sales. I did IT outsourcing, like totally nothing related to what I actually do now, but yeah. So then you met your first husband? I did. I met Matt in 2000. I was 28 years old and he was, well, he was larger than life. You know, he had moved to Indiana to take a job from LA. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so done with these Indiana boys. You know, I want like a real man, you know, and he just was like fun and he was outgoing and he was he just was funny. He didn't take himself too seriously. I think that was something that really drew me. That's definitely something that I look for in people. You know, you, you sometimes can see men, how they kind of go sideways and they're like, take themselves really seriously. He was always really goofy. And I really liked that. And, you know, I was drawn to like his, you know, he traveled, you know, he's just more worldly. Whereas you know, I hadn't been anywhere, you know, I was just a small town girl from Indiana trying to figure out what I wanted in life. So it was instant attraction. Was it like a mutual thing right away? Did you both um, have those Well, feelings? I liked him a lot, you know, in, instantly. You know, I had dated this other guy for like six years who, you know, what a jerk. I mean, the guy cheated on me. He was all about money, you know, and all that stuff. And so I just, I tended to date guys who were like, I don't know, not that nice to me. I think, you know, that was just, I don't know, that's where I was going in that part of my life. And so you know, Matt was definitely not someone that was ready, wanted to settle down. He was like, I'm just here for like a two-year gig and I'm going to move back to LA. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, so we were both kind of in party mode. So it definitely wasn't something that we thought was long-term. It just, it just kind of happened by accident, you know? It just kind of fit. It like totally worked, you know? He was what I needed at that time in my life. You know, I'm so grateful, you know, because ultimately, we, you know, we moved to California together, which was, I was like so happy to get out of Indiana. Right. I, I didn't appreciate Indiana until I left, you know, and now I see all the, the good things about it. The good it, qualities, so. right. For sure. For sure. So you moved to California with Matt, got married. Yes. We got married in 2003 and then we had Dean two years later. And then we had my daughter Jane two and a half years later, you know, so we were just like making babies, you know, in that mode, you know? So, right. Yeah. And during that time you were working, you weren't working. I quit working after I had Jane 
Jane, in 2007, Jane was diagnosed with a really rare birth defect called a venous malformation. And she just required, first of all, she required that I do a lot of research and figure out what the heck we were going to do with her because it was a very, it's just a very specialized sort of disorder. And she sees a, a specialty group at Boston Children's Hospital. And so she, you know, within all that and just feeling overwhelmed with like two really small children at home, I stopped working for, uh, it was probably about three years I was home with them, three or four. And then got divorced. Yes. I got divorced in 2010. Matt and I divorced and I became a single mom and I was like, what am I going to do? Okay. And I remember that's about when I met you. I was terrified. I really didn't know how I was going to figure it out. I don't know. I mean, now I look back now and I'm like, I don't know how I had the courage. I just was so lost. I just knew I couldn't stay where I was, I guess. But what gave you the courage? Because you had to do it? Like you had no choice but to figure it out? What was going through your mind? You know, I just, I'd had these, when I've been in really bad places in my life, I always had this feeling like I can figure this out. Like I can't be in this space anymore because if I get pushed into like a box where I have to be a certain way that is not me, I will ultimately just bust out. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes so it doesn't always happen. So I don't know, controlled. Sometimes it's like an accident. Like I wasn't, oh my God, I needed to get a divorce. I was thinking like, I just, I'm not feeling whole. I'm not feeling like this is where I want to be. You know, I don't know. I think I gained a lot of confidence becoming a mom, like that really altered my state a lot. It made me feel just, needed or like it just, loved. It transformed me. I think it was yeah. a, just a really, you know, existential sort of spiritual, like, because I think I always felt, oh, well, you know, Matt and I have a good, you know, we have fun together. We're this, you know, I needed something that was something deeper. And though, and then when I became a mother, there was this light bulb that came on inside me that it just, I just, my, you know, I know a lot of mothers just your heart grows. Yes. You feel that sort of like feeling, but it was different. It was more like someone sees me. And I guess I I didn't feel like for my whole life that I was actually seen. Hmm. I felt invisible a lot, you know, growing up and in the people that I dated and I chose to date, which I'm sure it, it was probably all about the healing process of like, you know, you're always trying to heal from your childhood or whatever. So when I had Dean, there was just such a strong connection and my value system shifted greatly what's really important here? Big house isn't important. Lots of money isn't important. What's important to me is having these feelings, having this feeling that I am, I don't know, supporting someone in a much deeper level. And so- Oh, I love that. Yeah. So true. Just to even have those two little babies that depend on you, you know, and to be the right kind of, in the right mindset as a mom, to be and surround yourself with if it's not him to bring that person out of you to realize at that time that you were like, this isn't going to work. I can't be the best Tammy or the best mom, the best right. version of myself. I mean, I really tried. I really did. I thought, and yeah, you know, I have to be honest with you. When I look back, cause that was 10 years ago, you know, I just was very naive about what my feelings were. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I was able to really articulate that feeling of this isn't right. Right. Did you feel like love for Matt? Were you like, now looking back 10 years, do you feel like there was that love or you didn't know it yet? Absolutely. You know, I absolutely loved him. I think that we had a good relationship until we didn't, you know, it just, you make agreements. These are not spoken or written agreements. It's just like your personality is this and my personality is this, you know, and you go into this relationship and then 
you know, if you don't shift and grow together, you grow apart, you know? And so I was leaning more toward we're equals and I have have a thought process and let's come together on that, you know? And and he was like, well, we're going to go this direction, you know? So I have a lot of respect for him in many ways, but he also really makes it challenging for me also. I mean, I don't have any regrets about it. I have, I mean, it's been a hardship. Yeah. Financially and for my children, but it's been 10 years and I think we're doing the best we can as two people with very, very large personalities. And two beautiful children to show for that, right? They're the best. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. So we are now, where are we? Let's so, go. We're, so we're divorced. You moved yeah. out. 2010. Yeah. I packed up my stuff. I'm like, kids, we're out of here. You know, you know, I moved like essentially like three blocks away. So we're still co-parenting best we can. It's been so challenging. It's so, so, so painful and so challenging. And I was like, okay, I have to figure out what I'm going to do with my career. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do personal training while the economy was in the tank in 2010. It was not good. You know, personal training is a luxury, you know, so I just started slowly one client, two clients, three clients, you know, and I got to a point where I was training 23 women in oh, wow. my little community at one time. You know, we just did beach workouts because I didn't have a facility. You know, all I did was I have myself, you know, so I show up on the beach, work out for four hours, bathe myself in sunscreen and just go for it, you know? So that's what I was doing, you know, when the kids aren't with me, when they're in school, like I was working, you know, just trying to keep it all together. How would you find the clients, the women that would come work out with you? 100% from school. Like the first mom, you know, she happened to be like, <laughs> like the mayor of Solana Beach. Oh my okay. God, she knew everybody and she just had a baby and I was specialized in postnatal, prenatal. So I knew how to get her back in shape and she knew people. And then, you know, it was just word of mouth. You know, I just was the trainer, like the chick's the trainer in Solana Beach. And so Solana Beach is a little town where I live. So that's pretty much, it started off from there. And then you're, so I'm visualizing you like so free and happy. You're creating this amazing personal training business. You're making money, maybe not enough to really support yourself as you would want, right? Oh yeah. I mean, no, I was, I mean, poor. Yeah, I was poor, but uh, yeah, I was. Free and happy and enjoying your life. Yes, more free. You know, I mean, divorce is very, very, very challenging because if we have children, because you still have to maintain that relationship with that person. And those differences that we have about life, like glass half full, half empty, empty, really, you know, they are magnified when you have children, you know, and so you have to be able to do that. And it's been really, really painful and challenging. You know, I was so heartbroken when my children were not with me. Because it was just, it was like, oh, I can imagine cutting off my arm, you know. So I had to find ways to make myself happy because what I had gotten into in my life is a pattern of waiting. And that's really, really, really something that I want to drill down with a lot of women that I see them waiting. Like, you can't wait, you just have to take the step. Like, I would wait, like, you know, I'd, I'd had relationships, you know you know, I get divorced. I'm like, okay, I'm free. You know, you're going out with your girlfriends on the time when you don't have your kids with you and you're trying to have fun. But ultimately I always wanted to to be in a relationship. I always wanted a boyfriend, you know, and so I end up in these relationships that are not good for me because I was still healing, you know, until you heal whatever pains you have, you're just going to repeat those patterns, you know? So, so, you know, I mean, I could drill down into so much detail about people I dated and that nightmare and the good and the bad and how those things healed, how those things helped me heal and all that. So 
good in the fact that I was starting to feel confident because I was, you know, creating something from nothing, like taking just myself and building this business and getting some credibility and getting some some cash, you know, so I could support myself, you know. And did you call yourself Fit Chick back then? Was that the name of your company? Your personal um, I started, Yeah, I started calling, yeah, Fit Chick. Fit Chick, yeah, that's pretty much how we started. That's how it was always been. And that's, you know, ultimately what I decided that, that we should call the granola business because it was, I'm mean, like, what, what else are we going to call it, right? Yeah, so cute and so catchy. And the packaging even now, looking at it when I go to the store and knowing you, it's just amazing and so eye-catching and so different from all the other, you know, granolas that it's next to. But I want to take and the taste of it and it's healthy. Mm -hmm. But go back to when I remember having at Kathy's house, a little Ziploc bag. And she said, Tammy just started making some granola in her kitchen. And I tasted it. She's like, take some home. And I remember, I mean, our kids are kind of the same age. And I remember, you know, thinking, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And Kathy's was telling me, well, she's trying to figure out a way to make a business from it. And I remember people at her house just going crazy about it. And she was working out with you. So she would always have some at her house when we would come over. So go back to now I'm bringing granola to my clients that I'm training and they're loving it. And you're kind of seeing maybe this is something that's going to work. Maybe this is my little niche. Yes, it was totally by accident. I, you know, I just love cooking. You know, I was just making it bringing it for my girls to try because, and I say girls because I only trained women. And so I would just, they were like, what do I eat after my workout? And I was like, well, I eat this, you know, and I just bring it in a little baggie, whatever. And they're like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so good. I'm like, really? You think so? And yeah, ultimately my clients were so supportive. They were like, wow, you could really market this. This is really great. You should really try this. And so I was like, okay. And so one of my clients just happened to be a graphic artist. And she, to this day, is the designer of my logo and my packaging. She's unbelievable. And she's like, you have to do this. I'm like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> you know, I, I, But I wasn't believing it in my head. And there were a lot of people in that moment which was a pivotal moment. Okay. So I go from service to a product. Okay. Cause ultimately, you know, that's kind of where you want to go. If you want to try to like, you know, continue to make a lot more income. I mean, how far can you go with personal training? Cause you have to actually be there, you know? So I really had to dig deep. Okay. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? And I was like, why not? Why can I not do this? You know? And so there was one small little store here locally. People were like, well, you should try to get it on the shelves there because I was kind of just selling it like to my client, because bike. the moms right. at school. You would te- ride your bike around Solana Beach? Yeah. I ride my bike around. I, the teachers at school also were extremely helpful. Like they were like, this stuff is so great. And I'd leave it for them and the moms at school and my clients, you know? And so this was a really big step for me to get into the store. It wasn't a big deal for the store because they were like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, we'll take it. It's fine. You're local. But I remember in that moment, like they were like, okay, sure. No problem. I was like, really? Are you sure? Like I I couldn't actually believe it because it kind of was legitimate to me. I get in my car. This was like such a pivotal moment for me. I get in my car and I start crying. Hmm. Like, okay, like they don't know. I'm just this small town girl from Indiana. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have, I was like, do I even have value? You know? And so I really had to like talk myself into, yes, I actually do. This is ridiculous to think that I don't have value, you know? So then I was like, okay, yeah. (laughs) I can do this. I got this. Yeah. Believe in me. 
Yeah. I mean, it wasn't straight and narrow. It wasn't like, okay, well, I get that. It wasn't like, oh, an overnight success. I mean, that was like five years ago. Oh, wow. And that was when you went to Seaside Market, right? Yes. And John, Adam, those guys were just so amazing to me. And they continue to be so supportive of the brand in every way. But when you explain how, like, did you get money? How do you start a company in your kitchen? You don't have any kind of those big ovens or anything that you can make big produce, like produce a ton of granola. Right. Okay. So these are great questions. So, well, I was making it in my kitchen and I was, you know, selling it to my clients, but when you shift and you go to, you know, making food for the masses, yes, you have to pivot. You have to have a commercial space. You have to have, you know, proper nutritional, you have to have licensing, all these sort of certifications that you have to get. And so I just did research. I'm like, how do I do this? How do I do this? I called a lot of people. I asked a lot of questions. There are a lot of people in San Diego. We're in this bubble that fortunately have a lot of, especially female self-starters. They weren't all female, but a lot of women just really, really helped me. They told me the good and the bad. Like if you, you have to be really committed to this because originally when you start, I mean, I didn't have any money. I still don't have any money. Like you're always putting money into the business. So it's just step by step. Right. You know, there was no like lump of cash. Like you're like, okay, here, let's go. You're just, you know, oh, hey, my client wants 12 bags, whatever you say, you go home and cook them, whatever. So when you transfer over to working, you know, larger scale as in commercial, yeah, I had to do go through all those channels to do it. And I had a lot of people help me figure out how to do that. So you have a big commercial space now that people are there cooking for you? And I do. I do. I have uh, employees that help me and I would die without them. They're amazing. They run the production so that I can focus on marketing, sales. I'm also, I do all the books for the, uh, for the company. How do you figure this out? How do you just go from Ziploc bags to this? It's like fast forwarded so fast. You just had to do it. You had to figure out. Yeah, because I, here's the thing. I don't like being told I can't do something. Mm-hmm. It's really something that I learned that, I mean, I take, I can go back to several incidences in my life specifically. Like let's say a perfect example. I got into Purdue university. My dad was like, you can't do it. You'll be back in a semester. And I'm like, yes, I can. I get divorced. My husband's like, you can't live without me. I'm like, okay, well, I'll show you. I have people say, you can't start a food company. I'm like, watch me. I'll do it. I'm going to do it. You know, so it really drove me. Like, I am going to do this. I had a lot of people say, okay, here's what you need to do. You know, I just started asking lots of questions. You ask questions, you put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable. And if you start looking five years ahead, you can get really, really overwhelmed. If I had known how hard it would be or how frustrating or how scary or how how much money it would cost because you just keep dumping money into your company, you know, for a while until it gets up off the ground. You just, you can lose hope because you get so scared because it's really scary. So you just have to take one step at a time. Do you have morning, like where you get up in the morning, you're like, okay, I have today and this is what I'm going to do. Are you one to look ahead and kind of worry or do you just really focus on the moment and the now? Uh, well, I have suffered from anxiety from very young age. And so, I mean, I'm always anxious about what's going to happen with the company and the business and all that. But so there always is worry at the same time. I'm really good at, okay, well, this is what I can solve today. This is what I can do today. And so I just focused on that, you know? And so again, so many people in this community stepped up and, and helped me. I just asked a lot of questions and they, you know, they would 
steer me in a direction I would go. And now you have it in 50 stores. Five zero. Can you believe That's it? 50 stores. 50. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were in San Diego for a really long time, for about three years. And then at the third year, this retailer in LA reached out to us. And they're like, we found your product. And I was reading this email and I stood up and I was like, what? What's, how do they know about my product? Like, how is this <laughs> happening? You know, and I, in that little voice inside my head, like, okay, I'm just this small town girl from Indiana. Like, what in the heck am I going to do? You know, and so I got really overwhelmed with that because that took us from 20 stores to 50 stores, like overnight. And we were going to have to pivot. And I was like, how am I going to do this? First of all, how am I going to have the cash to do it? Because, you know, you have to have money to produce lots of products and this and that, whatever. So, that was so scary. And I ultimately thought I was going to have to say no to that because it, I had to do a lot of things to get to that spot. And I decided ultimately that I couldn't do it the normal business route. You know, some people do it by the book. And I was like, I can't do it by the book. I'm not going to be able to do it. You know, a lot of people go through these distribution channels where they, you know, that's just not an option for me. So I said, I can't do that. Here's my business model and here's what I want to do. And they were like, crickets. Like I didn't hear from them for like two weeks and I thought I lost the deal. And I was like, Oh, oh my God. God. And then they came back and they're like, okay, let's do it. And I was like, Oh my God, let's do wow. it. Let's do it. And so we did it and now we're doing it. So now we're all LA, Palm Springs, Orange County, Santa Barbara. Where do they, do you get a truck? How do, how do you even get them there? <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. So they have a large distribution facility and, you know, you see like these big semi-trucks pull up and right. you know, they have those bays or whatever. So we have a pickup truck. We have a pallet. It's a pallet size. We just shrink wrap a pallet on the back of the pickup truck and drive it up there. And they're like, okay, no problem. We'll do it. Oh my gosh, Tammy. <laughs> I know. <See? laughs> you just do. And I think when you say I'm just this little Indiana girl, you know, that belief system where you used to think that, you know, do you struggle now? Like, going, wow, look what I've done. I am so proud of myself. Look at the confidence, the what I created in this short time and look where it's at now. Yes. I do now allow myself to take those moments and be proud of it because I know where I came from and I know how hard it was to get here. And I don't mean that in sort of, oh, wow, you look at 50 stores and you see your product. For me, it's really, really about how I shifted and to see how it is for me inside, like when I look at myself. Would you do it over again if you knew what you had to go through? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, yes, I would do it a thousand times. Because you know the joy where you're at right now, what it gives you, this magic moment, like where you are. It's like, I know there's still growth and it'll, it'll be over the whole United States. <laughs> you think right? so? <laughs> What's your goal? Do you have your vision? I do. I, I mean, like right now, of course, I mean, I do everything outside of the actual production of it now. You know, I just focus on the business part, but I do all the business stuff around it. So I would like to be able to do, to create a lot more products because, you know, again, cooking healthy food is my passion. You know, we have a, a recipe blog where I share with everybody for free. Like you can download hundreds of free recipes, gluten-free, vegan, whatever. And so that's my passion would be able to market and produce those in large quantity. Hmm. Because you, I don't, you know, I remember growing up in Indiana, you had Pop-Tarts, you had cereal, like, you know, Hamburger right. Helper. Yeah. Do you remember those things, right? Oh, like, Twinkies horrible. and yeah. Absolutely yeah. horrible. Like, wouldn't it be great to be able to make those amazingly healthy foods and be able to share those with the masses? Like, that would be my ideal. 
you know, we look at partnerships. Hey, can we partner with somebody who has a huge amount of capital? You know, because we're still a very cash poor sort of company. We're always putting money into the business and that sort of thing. So that would be my goal is to be able to create all those healthy products and be able to have like lots of capital and to push in a strategic partner, which basically means someone who is really knowledgeable in that space to push us out into, and we have an online store. So yeah, you can buy it all over the country, but at the same time to be in grocery stores all over the country. Do you feel like your kids have really learned a lot from watching you during this process? What do you think they've taken from it? Yeah, I think it's probably not super obvious to them just yet, you know, because they're teenagers and they're very into themselves. (laughs) Yeah, I know that. I know that they're very proud of me, but I also know that they make fun of me a lot. (laughs) They keep me humble. You know, like they see like those little like displays at the stores they have with like my face on it. They're like, oh, that's so embarrassing. Like they think it's kind of whatever. But to see you grow and, you know, become successful and do it on your own, you know, especially like to think of watching a mom not have to, can't depend on somebody else besides Mm -hmm. herself. That's so empowering. Mm-hmm. and something to look up to as a child, looking at their mom going, wow, look what she's done. Look at this. I mean, really looking at your package in the store, it, it's like, it puts a smile on your face. The color, I mean, it is the way it's branded. It's beautiful. But I, you know, I think of how, you know, you've raised these kids and you're an amazing mom and you put all your effort. I've seen you and you put your effort into this and to do it both in such this beautiful way, you should really like, I hope that you know how amazing you are and what people see you as. Like when I see your little car driving around with Fit Chick, like, look at what she's done. Look at her accomplishment. What she came, I remember eating it out of a little Ziploc bag. (laughs) She's amazing. Oh, times were easier then though, because now we have all this. Yeah, it's a lot, but thank you so much. Thank you for saying that. We have a long way to go. I do think my kids are proud of me. They do have kids at school that now are asking for it specifically. Like my son has this little cottage industry at school where he's like takes granola and the boys like give him money for <laughs> the bags of granola. So, you know, it's cool. I've gotten to, you know, they are embarrassed of me at times, but I think sometimes I think it's cool. If you had to go back to the Tammy 20 years ago, what would be your advice? What would the advice you'd give her? Do you think? The advice I would give her would be to know that you get to choose how you want to live your life. Today I'm 49. At 29, I was looking for someone to tell me what I was going to do with my life. I was inside this box of like, well, you should be getting married. You should be with this type of guy. This a guy will take care of you. That sort of thing. Instead of, you know, I want my daughter to be empowered. You get to choose. You can choose who you're going to be with. What you want to do with your life. And now explain because you met amazing Stanley that I've met at a few of the gatherings that we've met at. But how did you meet him? And, you know, his energy is like this, almost like a prince in a Disney movie. <laughs> totally. that's, that's kind of how I vision him. Like he's like from Cinderella. Like I see him as the, with the glass slipper. You're Tammy. Oh gosh. Stanley is such a departure from all the other men I used to date. You know, I have to backtrack a little bit if I can, if I can talk about healing process, like after your divorce and like dating, you know, if you get divorced and you go through that really painful experience, unless you kind of own your shit in those relationships, you're just going to continue down that path. And so what I had to do is go deep, dark into like all my past and all that stuff. And I had to heal from that. And so 
in healing from that, I was able to allow someone like Stanley into my life. Like if I had met him 20 years ago, there's no way we would be together, you know, because his energy is so pure, Mm -hmm. so sweet and kind and loving. And I never, ever would have thought that I would deserve, would have been able to deserve something like that in my past. I would have found a way to push him away. Right. You know, so I I saw him. Yeah. I just hit on him at the gym. I thought he was really cute. (laughs) I wasn't expecting anything. I wasn't expecting him to be such a nice guy, but he literally has, I mean, I met him like right after I'd launched the Fit Chick Granola brand. I want to make that very clear because I have met people who were like, oh, they assumed it was his and that he started it. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> no. I totally I get that. Yeah. So I just launched that part of my business and I was feeling pretty good, you know, and I was in a space where I was really enjoying being on my own. And I think that that allowed me to let him in, you know, yeah, saying, your you know, vibration, your like your state was up. Yes. Your so, blinders were off. Yeah. My, light was, on. my light was on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I yeah. want to ask you one last thing before we get to end this beautiful conversation that I've loved. I want, I want to ask you just because the name of this podcast is uncover your magic. And I know this story has uncovered all your magic. I know there's more that we could stay and keep talking about. But what magic moment in your life do you look back on that you think shifted you in a direction and made you the person that you are today? There's so many. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Which I think shifted your mind. Like one thing that just made you go, if I was going to look at your life, I think it's when you started believing in yourself. Yes. You know, the divorce was really pivotal for me, you know, but that, that, that that's a dark place, you know? And I think there was a moment right after that. My kids weren't around. I didn't have my husband. I was just totally alone. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was laying there and I was like, whatever it is, I'm going to figure it out. I am going to figure it out. And that put me on a path that was very different than what I was going down before. You know, I was like, this is it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so I just committed to it. Of what? Just doing it. You're going to do it. I think I committed to myself. You know, I was never really, wasn't really about taking care of myself or loving myself. I was looking for someone else to love me. And I realized in that moment, like I have created this life where I am right now. Right. Totally alone. I'm going to make it. Oh, love your story, Tammy. Oh, thank you, Ashley. Will you tell the listeners where they can find you? Like your, all your little like websites and Instagrams and all that. Yes. Okay. So we have an online store and a recipe blog and a mental health blog at fitchickgranola.com. And we have lots of beautiful like pictures, recipes, all kinds of lovely stuff on Instagram, which is at fitchickgranola. And that's pretty much it. And if you Google fitchickgranola, all one word, you'll find me. And it's, you have your blog on there, the food, mm-hmm. all your recipes. Oh, yes. Tons of recipes. We're cooking all the time over here. Oh, thank you, Tammy, for this beautiful talk. I loved every minute. Thank you, Ashley. I really appreciate it. All right. Have a wonderful day. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already... Please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. 
If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.